Well, God bless you. If y'all have got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Liz, if you don't mind, go ahead and put that up on the screen. I just want to pray. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to teach us. Lord, I know you're here. You've been moving all morning. Lord, I just ask you that we would open up our ears, that we would hear your voice. I thank you for the prophetic word that we had this morning. God, you're speaking. Just ask you, Lord, that we would hear you. We've been created to hear you. Now let us just tune everything else out. Let us tune into your word and to your spirit and to your body this morning. You're welcome here, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 22, I've got a, I feel like God's got an incredible word. We're trying to focus. We're focusing as a church in outreach. We've done these 80 boxes. You guys helped us um, uh, sta- uh, pa- uh, pack these boxes Wednesday night. Brandon and Lindsay and Harold and Linda and that whole team that's been working behind the scenes have worked so hard with Second Harvest to prepare all these 80 boxes for 80 families over the next two weeks that we're going to go personally deliver uh, to these families, uh, school families. Um, but as I turn toward outreach to give a message on outreach, Matthew chapter 22 I'm telling you, God train wrecked me this week. I told Justin, I said, Justin, I know we're trying to do outreach, but God's brought me to this point, and this is where I've got to stay. And I want to trust God that he's got us where, where we need to be. Matthew 22, have you got your Bibles out? Verse 34. Matthew 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Very quickly, don't you think, personally, I, I think that when so, I know somebody's testing me, I check out. I'm like, I know what you're doing, and I'm not going to take this bait. But watch what Jesus does. He knows what's happening. He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Then in verse 38, 38 he says, this is the great and foremost commandment. It's a big statement. Don't forget that one. We're going to keep, continue to come back to that. But listen to this. The second is like it. We all say that. The second is like it. I'm not going to put this scripture back up. You're going to have to remember that. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now listen to this. On these two commandments, depend. Everybody say depend. Depend the whole law and the prophets. Okay, Father, in Jesus' name, let us get this. The main point in this text um, is this commandment, you should love your neighbor as yourself. So many times that's what we take. But it is surrounded by all these remarkable statements, and we would be foolish to just go focus on love your neighbor. We can't just focus on love love your neighbor. We need to focus on the whole context of this scripture. Two amazing things here. First, it says that it is the greatest commandment in the word of God. First, the greatest commandment is verse 36. The, te- uh, the Pharisee asks the t- Jesus, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus goes back and quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. If you'll put that up for me, please. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your might or mind. Now, I want you to catch something that Jesus does that we always must come back to. When we get questioned and we have to dig to find an answer, we find an answer according to the Word of God. Jesus found his answer according to the Word of God. 
He goes back and quotes the word. This is something Jesus the teacher is teaching us. Whenever you get down to the bottom and you don't know where to go, go to the word. Everybody said amen. Then he adds his own words. And he puts the commandment even higher than the question required. Remember what the guy asked, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus said, this is the great and foremost commandment. Does that really mean anything? Well, I think it does. I think it is mind-blowing what's happening around this commandment of love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because he repeated with the commandment to love God. He said, what's the most important? He said, to love God. This is the first and foremost, the great and foremost commandment, right? In the entire word of God. The greatest and most important thing that you can do is love God. Is that not what Jesus said? I'm not embellishing. He said, what's the greatest commandment? Love God. This is the great and foremost commandment. So we're together, right? With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. The other astounding thing is what's surrounding this commandment to love your neighbor is in verse 40. It says in Matthew 22, verse 40, These two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Everything else in the whole Testament, in some sense, depends on these two commandments. The command to love God and the command to love your neighbor. We have the Son of God, all authority has been given to Him, telling us this thing about the origin and the design of the whole plan of God. It is depending upon these two commandments. Right? The whole law and the prophets depend on these. Now these two huge things that we've got to ponder that we're going to dive into um, to look at, I want to say is so overwhelming because this whole thing to love your neighbor as you love yourself kind of gives the picture of I need to tear off my skin and put on someone else's skin so that when I am walking through this with them, I feel as they are feeling. It's not just me. I don't just love them. I love them as I love myself. When, I, when they hurt, I hurt. When they're emotional, I'm emotional. When they're opinionated, I'm opinionated. I am with them. I can't get out of it. I am to love them, walk with them. Can you kind of see that imagery? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. My own safety and health and success and happiness I now feel for that other person. It's it's an unbelievable comment. recognizing that something unbelievably powerful and earth-shattering and reconstructing and overturning is going to have to happen to me for me to do that. Something supernatural, something well beyond my self-preserving, self-enhancing, self-exalting, self-esteeming, self-advancing as a self-person that I cannot do on my own. Something supernatural has to occur. So I want you to catch, as we look at these two commandments, we're going to catch two incredible things that surround this commandment. That the commandment to love God is the great and foremost commandment, and that all of the law and the prophets depend on these. 
Can you see that we can just easily just take the word, love your neighbor as yourself, and just go on? But we miss the weight, literally the weight. The word hang, and the word depend, another word for the word depend, if you look at it, at it in different translations, is hang. On these two commandment, commandments, hang on the whole law and the prophets. So, if we go back to verse 40, we see it here. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. I want you to consider something. Do you remember what the question that the lawyer asked him? What's the most important commandment? Jesus didn't have to say this. He told him what it was, and then he continued to talk. Jesus didn't have to say this to answer the question. Jesus went beyond what was asked and more because I believe he wanted to push the importance and the centrality of these two commandments as much as he could. He said, this one, love God, is the great and foremost commandment. But then he goes on and says, and the second one is like it. Like it meaning it's also great and foremost. This one's the greatest, but the second one is like it. Remember, I had y'all repeat that. So that's enough to raise the stakes here as much as they can be raised. If this one is the greatest, the second one is right there. Right? Greatest commandment, to love God. And then the second greatest is to love each other. But Jesus didn't stop there. He is wanting us to stop and wander ponder. He wants us to spend more time on this, not just a passing moment, not just a couple sermons. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Again, they are, number one, the first and the greatest, and the second is like the first. But there's still the commandments that the whole Bible depend on. What does that mean? We're going to compare two other scriptures um, to, to try to give you a vision of what this depending on that these two hang or depend on the law and the prophets. If y'all have got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, and we're also going to look at Romans 13. Matthew seven twelve. It says, uh, again, this is uh, th- this scripture is better known as the golden rule, but so many times we pull this scripture out without remembering what was said before it. And right before it, it's talking about if you will ask God, if you will seek God, if you will knock, he will produce, he will move. You ask, seek, and knock, the Father in heaven will provide, will move, will answer. Amen? So in Matthew 7, this is the Sermon on the Mount, says, in everything, therefore, treat people the same, you want, the same way you want them to be treated. For this is the law and the prophets. Do you see that the same little phrasing is there, the law and the prophets. One was depends on, this one says, it is the law and the prophets. So he's referring, again, back to Matthew 22. He says, if you do to others, you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. In Matthew twenty two forty 40, says, on these two commandments hang or depend the whole law and the prophets. So what's happening? 
What didn't get mentioned in this one? He does not mention. So we're talking about treating each other the right way. I believe it's referring to loving our neighbor. He doesn't refer to loving God. Does anybody catch this? He's not referring to loving God. So many times, though, we've got to be careful here that over, over the years, um, people and teachers have tried to take this golden rule and say that Jesus just was a teacher of human ethics. And what he taught was not dependent on God in any, or any relationship with God because it doesn't mention it. But it does. Prior to verse 12. Prior to verse 12, it's talking about the Father. If you'll ask and depend and seek and knock. The key to this scripture that sometimes will throw us off and make us think that we have the power to treat people the way we want them to treat us, the thing that throws it for a curve is the word therefore. We can't miss the word therefore. I've taught this over and over. Whenever you see the word therefore, you need to ask yourself, what is it therefore? And they're referring to the need of the Father. If you go back prior to verse 12, you're going to see where it's all about asking and seeking and knocking to to Father God. Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them. So this shows us that the golden rule depends on what went before, that therefore, our relationship with God, our Father who loves and answers our prayers and gives us good things, When we ask him, that's Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 through 11. Such a key here. This key to seeking the Father in prayer, that when we ask him, he gives us good things, that we are able to treat people according to the way that he's calling us to. Because we are filled up with the Father and his provision, his care. So God here is upholding the golden rule by his fatherly provision. His love for us and our trusting, our prayerful prayerful love back to him is the source of the power of the golden rule. If you will seek him in prayer and in your need and you seek him and you find him and you knock and you call on him, then you are able, because of what he's doing in you, to treat others the way you want them to want them to treat you on my own I am selfish and I will treat you the way I want to treat you and in turn many times I reap what I sow and I don't get it back and I think you got a demon in you which is not right the problem is in me But if I will seek the Lord in prayer and in my need, then as he fills that need and he fathers me, literally, I am able to treat people differently because I'm different. I am different because of who my natural father is. You have been affected by your natural earthly father. But what this is talking about is allow the spiritual father to affect you so much that it overflows in the way that you treat other people. This is, treating other people, is the law and the prophets. He doesn't say that loving God is. 
Why does, why does he say it that way? I think that what he's showing us is that when we love others according to this second commandment, treating others, it is a visual expression of what's genuinely happening in our hearts. It's the outworking of Christ in us. This behavior among people manifests openly and publicly and practically what the Old Testament is about. And it fulfills the law and the prophets. Loving God is invisible. It's an internal passion of the soul, but it comes to expression when we love others. I can genuinely know if you love God based on the way you treat me. It says they will know you are Christians by your love. You can't fake it. You can't fake it. So loving others is an outward manifestation or a visible expression, a practical demonstration, and therefore the fulfillment of what the Old Testament is about. So the second commandment to love your neighbor is the visible, visible goal of the whole Word of God. Did you catch that? The loving your neighbor is the outward working of the whole goal of the word. It told us that loving God depends on the law and the prophets. And the second one is just like the first one, loving your neighbor. The loving your neighbor is what people are able to see. It is through me loving my neighbor according to God that shows the working of God in me. I hope that this is coming out because this is, this is the key. This is, I want to say the key. It's the only way that we can love. Everything else is false. We can have all this great religious stuff within this household, but without love, it's nothing. As great as these other things are, if we miss this, they have no worth. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Owe nothing to anyone except love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. If there's any, and if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this. Now, what did he just say? He just gave all these nasty sins, right? And if there's any other one, it's summed up in this. Love your neighbor. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, Love is the fulfillment of the law. Two times, the fulfillment of the law. Love, to love our neighbor is the fulfillment of the law. Treating others as you'd like to be treated is the law and the prophets.
again, as we connect that back to that golden rule, loving our neighbors, we love ourselves, is the visible expression and manifestation and practical completion and fulfillment of all the Word is about. Love for God comes visible when we love others. Love for God becomes visible when we love others. Romans uh, 8, 38, Romans 8, verse 3. For what the law could not do, weak as, as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who don't walk according to the flesh, which is self, but according to the spirit, which is God. I want to tie this in to the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Without the work of the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot do this. The work of the Holy Spirit in you is the Spirit of God that's in you that empowers you to be able to love people that you could not love on your own. Does anybody have people in your life that you just cannot love? It's... I couldn't, I don't have enough fingers and toes. But that identifies me a, a shortcoming of God in me, not in them. My ability to love them has nothing to do with them. Did anybody hear that? My ability to love the unlovable has nothing to do with the unlovable. It has to do with me. It has to do with Christ in me. And he is trying to fulfill the word of God in me by teaching me how to love someone like he loves them. We can see that through all these commandments, all these other sins will get corrected by our love. Did anybody catch that? All these sins that he started to list, and he said, and if there's any more, they're going to be corrected and fulfilled by love. On these two commandments, depend or hang. I want you to imagine, uh, in John, and I'm going to close with this, in uh, Revelation chapter 5, John has a vision of a scroll. I want you to imagine what a scroll looks like. Can you all kind of get an idea? I'm going to give a terrible example. You know the paper that rolls up and you can pull it out and tear it and, and put it on tables like we've done back here? Well, imagine the Word of God rolled up in that scroll, and that's what he's seeing. But I want you to catch that we, we have the Word, but God lets us zoom back according to this Scripture and zooms back, and we're able to see the chains that are holding the scroll that we can go and we can look at and we can read and we can ponder over. But they're attached, and they, th those chains go up into heaven that we can't see anymore. But he lets us zoom back out. He let John zoom back out and say, look, these chains both attached to both the right hand and the left hand, the left side of the throne of God. And on one side is love God. And on the other side is love your neighbor. And all of the word of God hang on that. All of the Word of God 
we so make things more difficult than they are. Love God, number one. Second one is just like it. Love our neighbor. So as we start to see a shortfall in our loving our neighbor, turn your heart into God. Reckless, abandon. Digging and searching and finding. Seeking and praying. Asking and knocking. Crying and laughing. Seek God and watch your love change. Seek God and watch your love change. I think God's word for us this morning is that we take great seriousness with how Church on the Hill loves. Take this picture of the scroll and make it our priority. Get alone with the Lord and ponder over these things. Don't assume that we know what love means. He's saying that all of Scripture, all of His plans for history, hang on these two great purposes, that He be loved with all our heart and that we love each other as ourself. Amen? Amen. We all stand up with me. Father God, I just ask you that we would get this. I don't think it's a, it's a one Sunday thing. I think it's the rest of our life. That you teach us what it means to love God. That you teach Church on the Hill what it means to love God. And that, Lord, that as we're really getting into you, your spirit, that we would see the manifestation of real love. Real love for our city, real love for the lost, real love for the hurting, real love for the unlovable, real love for those that have hurt us. I thank you that real love casts out all fear. Your love. And Lord God, we're here and we've got stuff that are going on and we're hurting. But I thank you, Lord, You're, as Elizabeth said, you already know what it is that we're going through. You just want a conversation. That in Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 through 11 says, if we'll just have a conversation with you about what we're going through, you're going to meet us. You're going to help us. You're going to move in our life and move so much that we're able to love those that we can't love right now. Father, I ask as we sit down to break bread together and eat together that we would begin to love each other. That we would look for opportunities to let your love manifest in us. Bless us as we eat together, as we commune together. But Lord, build relationships, God, with, with you and with each other. We just praise you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name, amen.